Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Welcome in to Bet the Edge. Dare I say, happy Friday. Sarah Perlman and Drew Dinsick with you. And thank you to those of you watching on our brand new NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Jay Croucher, head trader with PointsBet. He's going to join us soon and discuss how prices have changed at the U.S. Open after round one. Plus the roller coaster ride for betters during the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs. Plus, Steve Letarts in Nashville, and he's going to break down the NASCAR Ally 400 on NBC Sports Network on Sunday. He has the insight on the favorites, plus long shots to monitor, and you already know the deal. Edge of the day to wrap up the show. All that and so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. <laughs> Visit fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. 
Sarah and I appreciate you listening to Bet the Edge. This is the fifth of five very, very fun shows we have done this week. Yes, that's right. We do a show every weekday. They are compact into under 30 minutes. We have actionable information across every sport that's being played on any given day. You won't want to miss this, especially considering uh, Sarah gives you a baseball winner pretty much at the end of every show. It's uh, it's not a guarantee, but it's so likely at this point that uh, you won't want to miss it. Please don't skip to the end of the show because we have some excellent interviews today. Yeah, we really do. Okay, so hit us up on Twitter in the meantime. Drew is at whale underscore capper. I'm at Sarah Perlman. If there's something we are not discussing in the futures market, day-to-day sports, whatever, please let us know via Twitter. That's the best way to reach out. Now, 76ers and the Hawks tonight, Drew. And I was so excited when I woke up to be able to pick your brain about this series because I have been trashed. I'm betting the playoffs. It's been obvious. I vocalized that when people see my, you know, kind of leans, especially in this series, I've been on the wrong side. So I go to you at the 76ers laying three with the Hawks total at 221 and a half. Will they tie this series up? Count me as a disbeliever that the Hawks are uh, – count me as a disbeliever in the 76ers, really, at minus three. I, you know, I, I really don't uh, know how they extend this series. And even if it gets to seven, I'm not sure Doc Rivers, what he has up his sleeve for a game seven. No, notable, uh, you know, game seven um, dis- under underachiever uh, in his tenure in the NBA. But all of that aside, uh, this is not – you know, this is proving not to be a great matchup for the 76ers. Their second unit is as poor as advertised offensively. Um, and without Joel Embiid scoring 35 plus, uh, this team struggles, especially in crunch time. Ben Simmons, I have no idea that he's how he's going to bounce back into this series and all of a sudden provide any kind of an offensive spark. He looks completely checked out. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that this is an opportunity to run and take you know, the money line on the Hawks, they're going to win. This is a done deal. They're going to the Eastern Conference Finals or anything like that. But three is an awful lot to lay for a team that has not shown us anything really in the last two games in the second half in crunch time. Um, my favorite way to attack this market is I'm looking for a first half over 113 and a half points. In general, you don't get many second unit minutes for Philadelphia in the first half of these games. And because of that, there is a propensity for them to score more in the first half than the second half. Uh, and so I think you're going to get a little bit, a uh, little bit more wide open pay in terms of pace likelihood. Atlanta shoots a little bit better with some of their, uh, you know, some of their players having, you know, struggling herder uh, and, um, and Bogdanovich uh, notably struggling from three in the last couple of games. I think they find some form from behind the three point line in this one. Uh, and uh, I think we see, some points in the first half so i'm going to attack a first half over uh and then if that comes home i'm probably going to double down and uh, take the uh, second half under okay interesting i like the way you're looking at that the overs three and one when the sixers are playing on the road this postseason obviously 221 is a little bit lower but for the first half faster pace i love that look I'll agree with you there and, and root for that tonight because I don't know what else to attack in that game. I'll look at some Trey Young props, but actually he's been better on the road than at home. 32.2 points per game on the road in the playoffs at home, 25.3. So I'm going to wait to see where his prop falls. For a line I'm looking at, not my edge of the day, you know the deal. Um, it's a baseball play. I saw the New York Mets are playing the Washington Nationals in D.C. And I kind of like the Nets money line. Now it's minus 131, which is crazy because I swear to everyone watching around 10 30 a.m. This is at minus 120. So it's surely getting some quick steam this morning. It's really just a play on the pitchers. You have Lucchese pitching for the Mets and he's 
been fine, I will say. He's trying to pick up a win. He's 0-5 in his last five road starts. And not to mention, he's a lefty, and Washington's really good against hitting lefties, like most teams, 762 OPS against left-handed pitchers this season. And the Mets' offense, while both teams are struggling, have been struggling mightily. They're averaging less than four runs uh, per game this season, 27th overall in baseball. So their offense clearly has not been able to get going. And Eric Fetty's been so consistent. Um, he's been really, really good. Has not given up a run in his last two starts. That's over 12 innings. I like the better pitcher, the team at home. I like the Washington Nationals, even at minus 131, just to kind of kind of going and looking at a few things for today. That's a fun way to play that. This is a decent buy low spot for this Nationals team, who I think is better than the market is pricing them. Yeah, they've won four in a row. So I feel like they're starting to figure it out a little bit here. Now, the 121st U.S. Open, a major that forgives no one and rewards greatness from Tory Pines Father's Day weekend to the U.S. Open today through Sunday on NBC Golf Channel and streaming on Peacock. And you know who had the pleasure of being at the U.S. Open? It is Jay Croucher, head trader over at PointsBet. Jay, thank you so much for taking the time when you could be, you know, up early enjoying the lovely weather in San Diego. Before we get exactly into the U.S. Open and what you've kind of seen there in the markets, it's been a crazy good week for you guys. And I hate to say that because I spent most of my day trying to beat you over at PointsBet. Um, the top liability for PointsBet have lost four straight. The Sixers did not cover the seven against the Hawks. Vegas did not beat the Canadians when they were minus 265. The Canadians won. Um, of course, the Nets were supposed to, were a big underdog. People put money on them at plus 180, bucks one last night. And then the Islanders plus 120, they lost last night. So it seems like for you guys, you're probably just having a wonderful time at the U.S. Open. How good has this week been for you guys? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's been chaotic uh, in the sports world, but and even before that, the Clippers-Jazz game uh, as well, when Kawhi was ruled out for Game 5. A lot of action around that on the Jazz. Uh, so, yeah, things have been going in our favor, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time before they turn the other way. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the, you know the uncertainty surrounding some of the NBA right now makes these markets extremely difficult to bet into. Uh, I think as long as uh, you know, as long as you guys are, uh, as long as you guys are continuing to uh, to have the advantage over the players, I think uh, everything is going to go just swimmingly. Being on on course at the U.S. Open, uh, have you had um, any specific um, insights into the form of any of these players, and and are you seeing uh, you know the market reacting correctly to uh, a very interesting day one? Yeah, so the three big movers of the big guns at the top uh, of the odds leaderboard pre-tournament were John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, and Xander Shoffley. Those guys have moved their three of the four favorites with Louis Oosthuizen as well, who's sandwiching between them as the third favorite. Uh, Louis's gone from 50 to 1 uh, into 8 to 1 now. But I think the story from day one was largely Brooks Kepka, where at majors, people are always looking at him I think with Brooks, it's kind of like if you're betting on the Phoenix Suns against the Lakers, you want to see how Chris Paul's shoulder looks uh, when he first when he first plays. And uh, Brooks at majors, like he's got that high variance where he could win the tournament outright or he could miss the cut entirely, both very plausible. Uh, and so people saw that when he started really well, um, that they thought that this is this is major winning Brooks and uh, and jumped on and the price plummeted accordingly. 
Yeah, Louis now seven to one. This line has moved throughout the morning, so clearly some action coming in on him. Just as far as since ta- since players teed off yesterday and even into this morning, has points bet taken any notable wagers? Have people kind of waited to see how the course is playing and who has the advantage and now firing off? Yeah, so Brooks is the big one where people backed him all the way to plus 450 yesterday. People are always going to back Brooks when he makes a run. So he's the biggest liability. But then also a lot of long shot bets. Uh, a guy like Russell Henley, who started the day uh, at 400 to 1, who's now into 30 to 1. And I think that that is the thing that's really interesting about the Tory Pine South course is that, you know, it is a difficult course. Uh, and that means that there's going to be more variance. You don't need to shoot, you know, 15 under to win this tournament. And that leads to more possibilities for long shots, like a potentially a Russell Henley to uh, to go all the way. Or more possibilities that there's a playoff at four to one. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, uh, I, I guess one last question about the US Open. Uh, any, has there been, I guess it's not surprising. Players play well, betters go bet those players. But have there been, has there been anyone that, you know, like, it just didn't bounce their way. The market has moved against them and you can go get a very fair price now. I think like a lot of the, the pre-tournament um, guys who are at the top of the leaderboard that were heavily backed, like Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, these types who are now north of 100 to 1. Uh, people will get back in at them, but it's usually at the 60 to 80 to 1 range. Once you get beyond 100 to 1, uh, people tend to write those guys off. Um, but that's, that's where we saw a bit of action uh, more early on day one. Jay, we've seen a ton of injuries and just craziness in the NBA throughout the playoffs. Specifically now, you talked about the Kawhi Leonard, the result that brought, even though the Clippers did win. So right now, in the series, Sixers plus 135, Hawks minus 160, and of course on the other side, Jazz plus 140, Clippers minus 175 for the series prices right now. Just in the general conversation of these injuries, how have that affected the futures market? Have people tried jumping on the other side of these injuries for some value here? Yeah, so the NBA right now across both conferences is such a mess with injuries, but particularly the West, where that is just in total flux, it's in turmoil. Uh, And I think a good way to sum it up is that, you know, the day that Chris Paul was diagnosed with COVID, Phoenix actually firmed to win the Western Conference. They went from plus 130 to minus 130. Chris Paul getting COVID was a worse, uh, was a better outcome than what other teams dealt with, with Kawhi going down and then Utah losing that game five uh, at home, which tipped the favoritism to the Clippers. And thing about Utah as well is that you know the Clippers they lost Kawhi Leonard, but Utah they've lost Mike Conley and they've kind of lost Donovan Mitchell as well, where he's not right at the moment. He couldn't do anything in Game Five, and now he's listed questionable for Game Six. He probably plays, but they're battered as well. So uh, yeah, Phoenix all of a sudden uh, the clear favorites in the West. Man, uh, how are you going to price a an Atlanta uh, Suns NBA <laughs> Finals with no Trey Young and no Chris Paul? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is that now the Atlanta Hawks, who might be the 13th best team in the NBA, uh, realistically, they have a real clear path to the finals where they're favored over the Sixers. And look, I don't think they're going to beat Milwaukee. But if they play the Nets and Harden keeps looking like he does and Kyrie doesn't come back, then the Atlanta Hawks could absolutely be in the NBA Finals. Jay, game six is in tonight. Drew and I talked a little bit about the 76ers laying three in Atlanta, total at 221 and a half. The Jazz uh, favored by one and a half versus the Clippers, total pretty low, 219 and a half. Who are you guys rooting for in those matchups tonight? So we're rooting for both of the underdogs. All of the money has been on Philadelphia, which I was a bit, bit surprised by, just given how poor they've been the past two games with 
with not just the 26-point lead blown at home uh, in Game 5, but they also collapsed down the stretch of Game 4 uh, as well. So, but better still believe in them. 85% of the spread handle is on the Sixers. And then in Utah, Clippers, um, I think that one's a bit more... A bit more predictable is that all the money is on Utah there. Uh, Must-win situation for them. Uh, I think that people have uh, a little bit of skepticism whether the things that propelled the Clippers to victory in Game 5 are going to sustain in Game 6. Reggie Jackson turning into Steph Curry the other night. It's probably not going to happen again. Uh, And so 90% of our spread handle uh, has been on Utah. Wow, wow, wow. Well, count, count me a, among those that think the Clippers repeating a Game 5 performance is unlikely. Um, and at the same time, like that, sick, that uh, Sixers uh, and Doc Rivers, this is like deja vu all over again with mm-hmm. the Clippers versus the Nuggets last year. Like, they're the better team. They were in control of this series. They are favored in every game. They were winning comfortably in games four and five and somehow find a way to lose uh it's it's it has been an absolutely wild nba playoffs um the nhl playoffs equally ridiculous we have the canadians impossibly coming through on the road in vegas this that series now flips to canada first time uh we've had travel across the border for any sports event which is pretty wild but uh the golden knights still massive favorites in that series uh and then the lightning kind of you know, they rest control away from the Islanders in what was a very competitive series before last night. Um, how are you guys seeing this uh, market shaping up as we wind our way down to the business end of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yeah, so as of this morning, the Tampa Bay Lightning are favorites for the Stanley Cup for, I think, the first time all season, uh, the defending champs, just because now they've got the ascendancy uh, in that series against New York. Uh, if they played Vegas, you know, in the finals, they would be underdogs just because Vegas has home ice. But now they have a cleaner path um, to getting there. But at the same time, I wouldn't write off the Islanders or Montreal because, you know, by the, the underlying metrics, by expected goals, um, Montreal and New York have both actually outplayed um, their opponents um, to date in the series. So I think Montreal in particular, um, they have a real chance to, to upset Vegas or at least extend the series and make it interesting. Um, the Islanders might be in trouble because even if they're, you know, getting expected goals edges, they've got they've got to go against Vasilevsky, who's probably the best goaltender in the league. So I think they're probably in a little bit of trouble. So the Lightning now plus one twenty, as you mentioned, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, Vegas plus one thirty, slightly behind. Very quickly, Jay, before we let you go, Euro twenty twenty. I know you've taken a ton of action. Where have you seen betters place their most most money, either for the weekend or in the futures market? So in the futures market, it's been all on Italy, which I thought was a bit surprising just because they don't have the same big names that a France or an England or a Belgium do um, for the most part. But those betters be feeling pretty comfortable at the moment just with how Italy have looked with those two 3-0 wins to start the tournament. Um, they've looked great and they've now broken up that triumvirate of England, France and Belgium where they've moved into third favourite. Uh, and then in terms of this weekend, a lot of parlay action, a lot of taking England to win, into France to win, a lot of backing the favourites. Uh, that's a way that a lot of people are betting uh, Euro 2020. Oh, boy. Italy, Belgium are on a collision course for that knockout round. If you haven't looked at how the things shake out, uh, that is going to be an unbelievable quarterfinal. Best of luck to whoever can emerge there. I like England, halftime England full-time, minus 110 right now on points bet for the noon game today. Um, Have you any, like, is England catching any steam? I mean, they're obviously not a super impressive first match, but, uh, you know, they like to build throughout the tournament anyway. Any, Any like there? 
Yeah, not not so much interest on England. I think people think that England is just kind of cursed as a sporting uh, nation uh, in soccer, at least. Uh, same thing with like you know the Clippers or something, where they do tend to find ways to blow it. Under Southgate, they've been a bit better, but you know, most of the action has come on Italy, and then uh, the next tier has been on the action on France, and then also on Germany, um, who looked okay in their first game, but but obviously took the loss, which saw their odds drift a little. Germany 11 to 1, Italy 6 to 1, and France the favorite plus 350 to win the Euro 2020. Jay, thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. Follow Jay on Twitter. You could find him at CroucherJD, and he is in San Diego right now. So no matter where he is, Tory Pines at the US Open, Colorado, wherever he, he will be with us every single Friday right here on Pet the Edge. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Transition a little bit and bring in Steve Latart. He is in Nashville with the NASCAR Ally 400. But I do want to, I know you're a better, Steve. Before we get to exactly this weekend, I know you're a better. I know you love betting golf. You did just hear Jay on the show talk a little bit about the U.S. Open, how the futures market looks. Did you place any bets for the U.S. Open? And what do you think about the favorites right now? Well, I did pretty decent because I faded uh, DeChambeau every way I possibly could in every matchup, <laughs> definitely against Brooks. Whoever thought Brooks and DeChambeau was going to be a good matchup has never seen Brooks uh, literally strut around these major championships. He walks around with so much swagger. I think he's an absolute home run. So, yeah, everything against Bryson DeChambeau. When you when you look at the favorites, I think John Rahm, how he has handled himself over the last two weeks in the media makes me – Pretty confident in his ability to mentally keep it together on the golf course. We know he has the golf game. But the one name no one's mentioned yet, and it's not even on our ticker, plus 3,000 for Terrell Hatton. He's Mm -hmm. just inside the top 10. You can get that live line right now. And people forget he missed a putt on the 18th green a week ago, which would have been tied for the win. So don't sleep on Terrell Hatton. Now, he might throw a club, might break a club. There's no telling what kind of fireworks we might get. But, But he, I think, is my long shot when I look at the top 15. 
Oh, that's pretty interesting. I hadn't mm-hmm. heard anything about that. And you're right. We're uh, right now. Bryson DeChambeau is on uh, Miss Cut Watch. Uh, he is he's dancing on the cut line. And if he doesn't put together a, a decent round two here, he's going to be packing his bags early this weekend. That um, would be uh, another line I'm on. So I'm the guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have Miss Cut. Oh, that must be a nice cut. price. No, when I say fade, I fade Bryson. <laughs> you everywhere. weren't Not even around for the weekend. Oh, that might have been a nice. That must have been a nice price. What three, four, three, three fifty probably? I think I got it three fifty on Monday. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, let's transition a little bit to talk some NASCAR because we returned to Nashville for the first time in a long time. Uh, I wouldn't have realized that this was you know such a big deal without uh, kind of following some of your outstanding coverage on Twitter of the uh, of the race coming up this weekend. I'm fired up for it. I'm looking at the outright market. I am shaking my head because I know Kyle Larson is the best. I get it. But this price seems bonkers to me, especially considering this is a core a track that we don't have a ton of data on. There's not a very fair way to price this. I guess specifically about the track before we get into some of the betting markets, is there a, a kind of a parallel that you would say like this? I think this track most rep- most most uh, likely represents these tracks and, and we can kind of pick through some of the data of who would be especially good here. So I think the easiest comparison, what the most important thing to know about Nashville Super Speedway is not only have the Cup Series not seen it in 40 years, but this is a new track for them. This is a mile and a third concrete. And the reason concrete is important is because I'm going to compare it to Dover, another one mile concrete surface racetrack. We go back and watch Dover. Historically, um, it has been Hendrick Motorsports, perhaps, and Joe Gibbs Racing. This spring race, Hendrick Motorsports finished one, two, three, four for the first time in the organization's history. So that's the number you're seeing on Kyle Larson. I mean, there's no way to get around it. He is on an absolute hot streak. I think the strategy for Larson for me is not only are we new to Nashville and we're going to compare it to Dover, but we have practice. We haven't seen practice much this year. There will be practice on Saturday, qualifying on Sunday morning. I would wait if you're a Kyle Larson fan. Maybe he doesn't look good in practice. Maybe he qualifies poorly and maybe the line moves a little bit in your favor. If not, wait and live bet it. But plus 275 is just, to your point, mind-boggling when you think there are that much – I mean, there's that much talent in the field. But listen, the guy won a million bucks in the All-Star race, leaves Texas, flies to Ohio, wins a dirt race on Monday, flies to another dirt race on Wednesday, wins it. So, I mean, I hate to say it's a safe bet, but at plus 275, I can't do it. Extremely short odds. Don't forget NASCAR is on NBCSN all weekend at the Nashville Super Speedway. And Steve, I was very honest when you got me to bet IndyCar for the first time in my life when we had you on a little bit back. And now I'm very excited to bet my first NASCAR race here. As we kind of look at the Ally 400, and we talked a little bit off air, for betters that do not know what the best way is and how to appropriately attack NASCAR racing, how would you describe that and what you think the best way is to bet it in general? So I think the best way to look at NASCAR betting is it's a lot like golf. It's a full field of competitors, right? So 40 to 38 drivers will take the green flag. It's not one team against another. Uh, So I suggest to everyone, while the odds to win are fun and exciting and everybody wants to jump on that, I think an easier way to consume it is the head-to-head matchups and the group bets. You know, you take a group bet, you maybe have four drivers, pick one of those drivers to run the best. I think that's the best way to consume when it comes to NASCAR betting. And I actually think this is a great weekend because – the best bet on the board at points bet is group betting and it's group B. And it's basically, I call it the Penske team. All three Penske drivers are in that group with Alex Bowman. And the reason I love this is because Alex Bowman is in Hendrick Chevrolet. We just talked about how good they were at Dover. Well, you're going to get him at plus 250. He has to outrun the three Penske cars. The best bet on the board at Dover is Alex Bowman in group B. 
plus 250. Wow. So that's uh that is a that is a sweet sweet look. Um, I mean think about that Drew, right? Plus 250 to beat three yeah. guys. Kyle Larson's plus 275 to beat everyone in the field. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. You sold. Sold. <laughs> sold. Are there some other fun exotic markets that uh you know you like to pick through for a NASCAR race nowadays? I mean it's it seems like the, you know it opens itself up to a lot of fun ways to attack. There are so many fun ways. I think uh the one I personally love the best is the best out of a manufacturer so you know the nascar world's broken down into ford chevrolet and toyota there are three manufacturers in the field well on points bet you have the opportunity to pick the highest of each manufacturer well kyle larson drives a chevrolet so he's obviously very favorited in the best chevrolet but in the toyota camp there's not a lot of entries and for some reason points bet doesn't love kyle bush he's actually i think third or fourth favorite out of only five toyotas i think that's the best value when you look at a toyota bet I think that's kind of an interesting way to tiptoe in. And I think that's where you find your value, right? They do a great job of setting the odds for the winners. It's all about value bets, a different way in. The other one thing I'll tell you is I love a good top 10 bet. The top five are going to be the big names. It's a lot like golf, right? When, when it's a, like a golf major, the big guys end up at the top of the leaderboard. It, I know there should be greater stories, but that's what happens. NASCAR is a lot the same way, but six to 10 can be filled in with a lot of perhaps long shots. I think of a young driver like Ross Chastain, you get him at like plus 320 for a top 10, brand new track. So I think some of these younger drivers could have a chance. You know, the veterans don't have a full notebook of of kind of history here. Okay, before we let you go, I do need to ask this. I know you faded DeChambeau, but in terms of live betting, possibly on Sunday for the US Open, how will you attack that? Is there anyone else you're keeping your eye on? And also, if you were to give maybe one longer shot for Sunday for this NASCAR race, who would it be? So I think it's not really a long shot, but I call it a realistic long shot. I don't yep. want to throw somebody out there that can't win. Um, I think everyone is overlooking William Byron. He's Kyle Larson's teammate. He's in the picture every week. We're going to a new track. He's a young driver. You're going to get him. It moves around. It's somewhere at like plus 12 to plus 1500. I think he is a great long shot. Take him top three, top 10. You mm-hmm. could have a great day. That's going to be a lot of fun. You mentioned live betting. I actually think that's going to be the best way to cover Kyle Larson this weekend. If you want to bet Kyle Larson, sit back on the couch and live bet him. Maybe he'll trip up at some point during the day and you can get some better value. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch. When it comes to the U.S. Open, I love golf. I love majors. It's going to be a blast. My big concern about Torrey Pines is the big number. So, you know, it's it's a scrambler's golf course, but we've seen big numbers. The wind can kick up. We've seen some out-of-bounds golf balls. So I'm going to be the guy that floats around, you know, the fourth to sixth position. Try to find a player who is two or three strokes out and try to get a big name, you know, big number because that line will move. When the money goes on Brooks and he goes up the leaderboard, I mentioned Terrell Hatton. If he can hang around fifth, you know, three strokes back on the back nine on a Sunday, we saw it, right? The, the winner last week didn't come from the final group. It could happen again. Although I know, Drew, you're looking for uh, the uh, U.S. Open playoff, I hear. That's what you're looking for, the playoff. <laughs> he sure is. He got it at 4-1. to one. I'm rooting for a playoff for him. Steve, thank you so much for, of course, all of the insight. For NASCAR Ally 400 in, in Nashville this weekend and your golf plays, you can follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Latart. Check out his podcast. I've been on it. It's wonderful. Latart on location. And you can catch him on NASCAR America Motormouths on Peacock Mondays and Wednesdays. Enjoy Nashville, Steve. Thanks. It's a great town. It's great to be back. You can get coverage for both Saturday and Sunday on NBCSN. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Love Nashville. Live there for a bit. Great city. I'm sure he's enjoying it. Now, Drew, 
We wrap up the show on this Friday, casual Friday, happy Friday. I've called it a lot of things on this show over the past few weeks. I just want a winner on this Friday. At least give me a little bit of an edge. What do you got? Yeah. We're going to the war with the Jazz here. You know, it took me a while to quit the Clippers, the quiet injury. I, I I held, I prayed that we would get a win for the Clippers in in, uh, in game five. It came through. Uh, now is the right time, I think, to unload on the Jazz. Jazz, I think, win game six and then clean it up in game seven. Uh, you can either play the series price at plus 150. You can take the game tonight. You can double down next game. It's, it's up to you. Uh, but I think the Jazz ultimately get it done. I'm looking for a big game from Rudy Gobert. I'm looking for a big game from Bogdanovich. Uh, I know that... Uh, Donovan Mitchell right now is questionable with his ankle injury. His shot has not looked good. Everyone that has come out of his hand has been somewhat questionable, uh, especially in the second half of game five. But uh, realistically, even if if he's out, uh, I'm actually a little bit kind of relieved because some of his ISO game has not gone well against the, you know, outstanding switching defense that the Clippers offer uh, Clippers still playing a little bit too much Luke Kennard for my taste, still playing a little too much uh, Zubak for my taste. So I think the jazz get it done in game six, force a game seven, win game seven, move on to the Western conference finals. Uh, and uh, you know, credit to the Clippers for fighting this hard to get to this point, but I just don't see it happening without Kawhi Leonard. Another fun way to attack that one. I like the first half under as well. I think uh, it's right now it's, it's short. It's already down to 108. Game five closed, I think, 111. Uh, so it's been a three-point adjustment down, even though that uh, game, that last game went over the first half total. But uh, I still like under in this first half. I think it's going to be a grind of a pace out of the gate and uh, a very different game state with the injuries to, to Mitchell and potentially uh, Conley coming back. Well, there's been some market agreement with you because now it is the Utah Jazz laying two against the Clippers. So one and a half to two, a little bit of movement there. I will follow your NBA plays until the end of time. But for me, let's wrap up this Friday with the baseball play. And this one took a little bit to find the line I like best on the card tonight. And it's the Cardinals and the Braves. And I like the over. I'm following this over trend all week. And I hope it does me justice one more time. Let's go over nine in this one. You have Carlos Martinez, veteran pitcher, of course, for the Cardinals. Max Freed for the Braves. St. Louis yesterday was shut out. It was a very uh, great performance by Atlanta. So people probably see this and think, eh, there's no way their offense isn't struggling. This hits the over. This actually is a play on both sides. One, Martinez had a good outing last time, but he, this is also a pitcher that's given up 10 runs to the Dodgers just a few starts ago. Max Reed's been very inconsistent. I actually think this is the game. The Cardinals are finally able to kind of break out of this offensive slump that they're in. Atlanta's team on base percentage has been really solid. It ranks fourth in the National League. I always say they're such a home run friendly team. I've loved the overs in Atlanta just because of the weather and the Braves offense scoring over more than one run per game at home than they are on the road. 5.3 runs at home this season. So like I said, I think they get after an inconsistent Max Frieden on the same side. The, the Cardinals are way better in every offensive category against lefties. So I think this is a time for one more. We go over nine tonight, Drew. I like it. This is the heat of the summer. Truest Park has been an over ballpark, yeah. uh, and this is a great matchup. Uh, Carlos Martinez, best of luck to you, buddy. You're going to get hit. That's what we need. You know what I mean? Like, we wish him well as a human, but just get hit tonight on both sides, and we'll be all good. <laughs> all right, Drew, thank you for all the insight. We've had a great show this week, and thank you for everyone watching us here on our brand-new NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. We will be back here on Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Do not forget to go to NBCSportsEdge.com today and throughout the weekend. So much information to help you and, and tools, of course, available to help you without your plays through the weekend and even today. We'll see you on Monday. Do not forget, subscribe, rate the podcast. Good luck with all your wagers and have a great weekend.